if no two snowflakes on the planet are alike, do you think any dog is exactly the same as the other dog? So, and that's why I get approached by 80 to 100 people a day from around the world to help their animal. And this is one of the downsides of Dr. Google is that what works for one will not work for the other. I fear the negative aspects of Dr. Google because I've had so many animals come to our practice that were non-responsive, very ill, and the people would come in with a box of 14 different supplements that they read about on Google. And this is where you need to work with a veterinarian. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. And today we're going to discover new ways to help our pets be their best selves with Dr. Marty Goldstein. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness, including your pets. Because while Dr. Marty is a veterinarian, he's not your vet. So we always recommend that you see a licensed professional accordingly. That said, I'm really excited to talk to you today, Dr. Goldstein. Is it okay if I call you Marty? The only one that called me Dr. Goldstein was my mother. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's Marty or Dr. Marty. N nothing more fancy. Right. So listeners, a little introduction. Marty is an esteemed functional veterinarian and has become a leading voice in the integrative veterinary medicine for more than 45 years. In fact, Forbes labeled Dr. Marty a miracle worker for improving pet health. And you may have seen him on The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Martha Stewart Show, Good Morning America, or in the documentary, The Dog Doc. And today we're going to talk more all about the questions that we as pet owners have as we seek to improve our best for friends' health and have them be as long-lived as possible. I know I have literal anxiety about the fact that my dogs are going to die one day. So I want to <laughs> elongate their lives as long as possible. And listeners, you can find more about everything that we're going to talk about today in Dr. Marty's best-selling books, The Spirit of Animal Healing and The Nature of Animal Healing. And everything Dr. Marty can be found at drmartypets.com. And we'll put links to everything in the show notes for you. But Welcome to the show, Dr. Marty. What have I not known? What have I left out? Please tell us more about yourself. It's a shame this show is not 10 hours long. <laughs> well, I graduated Cornell Veterinary College in 1973. And one time I was number two in my class, so I knew medicine very well. I loved it. I stayed around Cornell for an extra year. You just for in, in initial board certification in medicine. But I was losing my own health genetically. And all the males on my mother's side of the family had the same conditions that I was developing and had. So out of fear and vanity, I searched for answers that conventional medicine didn't give me. And fast forward, 
I'll be turning 77 soon. I haven't been sick in 45 years. All those males on her mother's side of the family have been dead at least eight to 30 years. They degenerated out. So when proper nutrition and supplements work miraculous for me, it only made sense to apply it to our own family companion animals, and it worked miraculously for them. And then I knew I was onto something. I became certified in acupuncture in 1975. Uh, and the amount of condemnation and opposition and threats to my license that ensued over the next 35 years was amazing, only for sharing what I knew worked. So I actually literally went into hiding and just was treating animals that were coming to me from all of the United States that were non-responsive terminal because the word got out and it was just like, it, it, it's been a... I just went to my 50 year Cornell vet school reunion. So it's been 50 years. And the joy for me now is slowly but surely how accepted it's becoming because it is the medicine of the future. Yeah, I think it's interesting how, as a collective community and society, we are more open to the idea that medicine is not just treatment once someone is sick, that there is also preventative medicine. And there are things that you can do from a lifestyle perspective. We're going to talk about more than just nutrition today, but I would love if you can maybe just tell listeners um, exactly what you mean by a functional integrative vet, right? Like what does that mean exactly? Yeah. The first word for what I was doing was a holistic vet. And it had an airy-fairy kind of connotation to it. And to me, so many look at one side of the coin as conventional allopathic medicine and the other side as holistic. And I think that's wrong because holistic medicine, on one side of the coin, you have conventional. On the other side, you have the more natural therapies that we deem alternative therapies. Whole, true holistic medicine is the umbrella over both because in my practice and the way we were able to turn around tens of thousands of cases over 50 years with my associates and me that came to us from all over the world, literally, was a combination of both. We grew out of the term holistic into complementary medicine where acupuncture and nutritional supplements was complementing conventional medicine. Now we're in the wonderful era of integrative medicine where we're integrating both of them. Someday I would like it to be called either one medicine or just good medicine. <laughs> and it's a use of both. I was using 90% alternatives because most of the animals I was treating already failed conventional medicine. And I was able to turn them around and get them instead of living steamed four, six, eight weeks, getting them to live up to nine more years documented. So the good thing about me right now is that I've been doing this for so long and I saved all my records and I photographed all my patients. So now I give presentations fully documented to the universities and they can't refute it. It's like, you have the proof right there. This dog had terminal cancer, had four weeks to live, and here it is alive with records eight years later. So they're not listening to me. 
they're listening to my patients. And I, I appreciate deeply that part of how I heard you define it is that it is integrating both what could be deemed as conventional medicine as well as alternative medicine or however people are going to define it, right? It's not just like, oh, do this one thing and all the problems will be solved. It really is a a way to think about how we can improve the lives of ourselves, our pets overall, right? Like in multifunction and of someone if there is a dog that has cancer, I'm assuming that you didn't just solve that with supplements. There was also probably a surgery and different kinds of treatments from a conventional Mac practice that went into that as well. Absolutely. I mean, if a dog has a tumor that is impinging on its life function and you could remove it, you do. And unfortunately, what gave us a bad rap over the years are some of the holistic vets that thought that all medicine was bad. And they were crazy and they gave us a, a very bad rap over the years because they were seeing some patients, taking them off all medication and they were dying, putting them on a homeopathic remedy, say, call me in two weeks. And the dog died within 24 hours because they needed surgery. They needed a drug. But the big overview for me is that when I graduated Cornell, approximately one out of six to one out of 10 dogs got cancer. It was always a disease of the old. So we were taught if we saw a young dog with a lump, that we eliminated the possibility of cancer based solely on age. Now, one of the studies that I put in my recent book, The Spirit of Animal Healing, that came out two years ago, one out of every 1.61 dogs in the United States get cancer, and it's a prominent disease of the young. So we need a wake-up call. And the truth is, in my, I was at Cornell for nine years. In my veterinary studies, it was a disease-oriented philosophy where we learned how to diagnose disease and drug it, the three Ds. And there was not much taught about healthcare. My, my courses in nutrition were three weeks long, and they were mostly based on arithmetics had a combined different protein level, nothing about the quality of food. So my mission right now is a, a big wake-up call on healthcare, not disease treatment, healthcare. My, my golden retriever lived till 19 and a half. The Morris Animal Foundation that was originally spearheaded by Betty White is doing an ongoing study and they're stating that in the 70s, the life expectancy of a golden was 16 to 17. Now it's nine and 66 to 80% of them get cancer. And my golden lived till 19 and a half. That's what my life's work is all about. This week's podcast is sponsored by Puri, my supplement brand of choice. And let me be clear, I'm not here to give medical advice. And I am focused on health and well-being, which is why I was super frustrated when my annual blood work showed I was deficient in a nutrient that I was already taking a different supplement brand to support. So I ended up doing a deep dive into finding a brand that focused on safety and performance. Even so, I have been beyond impressed with the products. I started with the magnesium since that's what I needed. 
And then I switched over to more as I have fallen in love with everything that I've tried. They are the first brand I have ever used to not cause fish burps from their omega-3. And then, because I've been wanting more protein, I got brave enough to try their whey and am shook because it is the first brand that has not caused digestive or skin irritation for me. Puri's super high quality standards mean I'm able to add in more protein to maintain muscle mass, which is so important as we age, without inflammation or irritation. Pasture raised with real bourbon vanilla and coconut sugar and has been awesome to add in to smoothies, bringing me extra leucine, BCAAs, and added protein that my body needs. Puri uses third-party laboratory testing for over 200 different types of pesticides, heavy metals, and other unwanted substances, and verify that the products contain the amount of active ingredients indicated on the label, which is also certified by the Clean Label Project, ensuring that the products aren't contaminated with gross things that you don't want. Best of all, though, they work. This is the first omega-3 supplement I don't mind taking because I don't feel gross after. And I love what it's doing for my health, my heart, my brain, and my eyes. See and feel the difference with Puri. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. And Puri is offering my listeners an amazing 20% off site-wide. Just go to my special URL, puri.com slash wholeview, and use my promo code wholeview. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions, so you'll get almost a third off of the price. Go to P-U-O-R-I dot com slash wholeview. Don't miss out. Use promo code wholeview at puri.com slash wholeview. And I also want to say to listeners, if our dogs get sick, just like if we get sick, We can do everything that we can that's in our control, but there's also no shame in how we treated our animals till that point. Some of this is within our control, which we'll talk about. But I also just want to give people the reassurance that whatever happened, we can't look back and have blame. We can only do the best that we can going forward and you can't control everything in life. So the other, before we dive into some of the more Sciencey stuff. I did want to talk because the name of your book is having to do with spirit, right? The spirit of animal healing. And we're big animal and pet fans here. We have previously on the show done a deep dive into the benefits of pet ownership, episode 402. Listeners will put a link in the show notes for you if you want to go back and look at that where we talked about the science of how being a pet owner is actually good for our health. And in my home specifically, we currently have two dogs, which, by the way, one of them who was a puppy had a lump on his leg and I got super freaked out because I thought it was cancer. And fortunately, it was just a, I don't know, developmental kind of thing that they grow out of. But there was a period of time where we were waiting to get lab results back to ensure that the puppy didn't have cancer, which was very concerning. And I do want to talk about that side of it. But in addition to our dogs, we have a cat. We have reptiles. We had a bunny at one point. We even had a pet tarantula. Like, it is a menagerie over here. We, What's like what began as 
one emotional support animal turned into what feels like a farm with my four teenagers as well. So we fostered puppies, all you name it, we've done it. Probably not the best idea during a pandemic with so many teenagers for me to make all these choices. But I think the thing for me is that there is so much about animals that it drives like compassion and empathy in me. There's a heart connection that I have to animals. Maybe it's their vulnerability. Maybe it's their ability to sense our emotions and give the support that we need in that time. But I have seen my family be truly healed by the love that our dogs give with emotional support. You refer to this spiritual nature of animals, and I'm wondering if you can talk more about that. I could talk forever about that. First of all, they represent for the human race the dynamic of unconditional love, period. There is so many studies right now that show the benefits of having a companion animal to blood pressure, to attitude, to depression, you name it. But my first book, which is now listed by Book Authority as the number one best-selling veterinary book of all time, was The Nature of Animal Healing. And nature had two meanings the nature in which the body heals, and that nature is the healer, not the doctor. The doctor is the guide. So it took me long enough to write the second book, and I'm glad there was a delay because I put, I updated it 20 years, and I brought it to another level because my first book ended with, I will continue this work one animal at a time. But I knew with that what I knew had to reach the masses. So I brought it to the other level called the spirit of animal healing. And spirit has two titles or has two meanings too. The spirit in which the body heals and also the spiritual connection. So the human race views and is in touch with its universe and environment by five senses. There are probably 50 to 60 perceptions in the physical universe. How many radio waves or ultraviolet waves or gamma rays are hitting your body right now, but you're not aware of it? And it is known that animals have those senses outside of the the They know if a tsunami is going to hit. They know when an earthquake is going to hit up to 24 hours. They know when their caregiver is going to have a seizure up to 24 hours before the seizure. So there are uh, electromagnetic, energetic forces between us and them. Curlian photography is a infrared spectrum. If you were to take a Curlian photograph of you and your dog, You wouldn't see two physical bodies, per se. You would see two overlapping energy fields. And just the studies in diseased animals with their parents shows the disparity. All of a sudden, the darkening of different energy fields associated with the body, let's say pancreas cancer, around the pancreas. So there is huge scientific evidence behind the quote-unquote extra-physical or spiritual connection between. And the most important thing I ever did 
in my career that to, to make so many terminal animals better is the first thing I had to do was to reestablish hope in mom or dad because they knew and were told their animal was going to die. So my first 20 minutes of a one-hour consult was just showing before and after pictures. And as I wrote in my book, I was seeing people from all over the United States. So when they would travel 2,000 miles and had to go home the next day, we didn't have a lot of time. So I would take blood samples and I would send them home with six, seven immune supportive supplements or specific supplements. But when we saw people locally, we had the ability to take blood samples, get the results and base their program more specifically on the blood samples. So all we would do is go through the console, show before and after pictures. They would come, people would come in so depressed, they would leave smiling. Oh my God, there is hope. They would call the next day for the blood samples. And I would say, how is she? She's already acting or feeling better. We didn't do anything. We didn't send a supplement home. We just turned the viewpoint around and the animal picks it up energetically, maybe not consciously for us. So that's why the, the second book is called The Spirit of Animal Healing. It's it's not surprising, but it's also reassuring to know that there is so much science supporting what most pet owners would tell you they feel. And also why it's so heartbreaking to see animals who are being abused because they are that unconditional love, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, and to know that someone, an animal is being so vulnerable and giving so unconditionally and then being treated so poorly, it's heartbreaking. And humans are animals. I think oftentimes we forget this, right? Like we think that we're separate from all the rest of the animals in the planet. And we do have better vision than our dogs, but our dogs have better senses in so many other ways. We know that they smell better. We have a sense of uh, smell that is stronger than ours and they can sense so many things. And the science is finally catching up on some of this information that I think we feel, right? Like we think we know Probably. now we're starting to more understand these things more clearly. So I think one of the other things that's been interesting to see science catch up on, and I'm curious on your experience, given that you've been in this field as long as you have been, is the idea of nutrition. So I know in the spirit of animal healing and in your original book, uh, a lot of the work that you do, you talk about nutrition. We did a deep dive episode 404 where we talked about grain-free dog food. Is it a problem or not, right? Like there was at that time a question on whether a dog could get proper nutrients from grain-free dog food or freeze-dried raw food, right? Like all these kinds of things. Is it dangerous? Is it not? Um, we went deep into the science on that, so I don't want to get into all the details, but I do want to remind listeners that how we nourish ourselves as humans affects our well-being. We know that. You told a little bit of your story, and everyone here has their own, right? Like, we all eat something and don't feel our best sometimes, and we know, hey, that wasn't the great choice for us. Right. And animals can't necessarily tell us that in the foods that they're eating. And so we know that we want to do the same for our pets, for them to feel their best. I personally don't like the 
oh, only foods that you can pronounce when you're looking at labels, especially on animal food, because there can be a lot of essential nutrients that are added in the form of chemical names that are essential for animals. But I also know that some of those can be highly processed foods that aren't delivering nutrients and could be inflammatory for an animal. I'm wondering if you can give us maybe some top tips to look for when we're thinking about or choosing the foods that we nourish our pets with. Absolutely. But this is the biggie. The, the mantra is it all starts with food. And the tens of thousands of animals we in my practice got better initially just by changing their diet into. Now, here's the biggie. We've accepted the false foundation in our society of scientifically appropriate diet. And if you look at the biggest selling foods that have been on the market for years, you'll see the, the first ingredient is corn. And you'll see 50, 64% of the diet is grain or processed cereal byproducts. And scientific tests were done to substantiate that. Maybe the study lasted four months. Two years later, they're growing tumors. That's not part of the study. And what we need to look at is biologically appropriate diet. Show me one tooth in a dog or a cat's mouth flat for grinding grain. It doesn't exist. The dog now is considered the omnivore. The cat is the obligate carnivore. So we have to look at and know what we're looking at in labels. Uh, the big pet food recall debacle that happened in 2007 really changed society. So we started to look more Real good diets became much more prominent, especially meat-based diets, because they're carnivores. One thing you have to look out for is the quote-unquote scam, where we know now that the first ingredient should be meat. So we look at a label and we say, oh, chicken or beef, this is a meat food. And then you see the second ingredient is corn. The third is wheat. The fifth is rice. The sixth is oatmeal, this and that. We know grains are less expensive than meats. When you add up all the grains in this food, you find out that 60% of the food is grain, 22% is meat. And theoretically, for a dog, at least 70, 75, 80% of their diet should be meat. And a cat, at least 80% or more because they, they're the obligate carnivore. And you hit it on the head. If you have a food that's been heated to high temperatures before it makes the can or the bag, it is going to degradate, especially the vitamins, enzymes, some of the minerals. So to make AFCO regulations under the FDA, it has to be, those things have to be added back in onto the label and they're added in, in synthetic form, which are chemicals, which are not healthy to the body. The other thing, and this is new, everyone could look it up, they're called AGEs, which stands for Scientifically Advanced Glycation End Products. And these are the things that create the allergy, inflammatory reactions in the body, and they're created in food that are sugar-based, carbohydrate-based, that are heated. 
And it's just showing that all of this processed heated food is causing 85% of all the dogs we saw had some form of allergy. And they're eating these foods that are loaded with these advanced glycation end products, let alone the glyphosate, if it's a cereal or a cereal substitute food. And we know what glyphosate is doing to humans. It's also doing it to our companion animals. Hey friends, who do you have on your holiday list that you cannot figure out a gift for? Let me be your concierge shopper. Actually love gift giving. It is my love language. So reach out to me, Stacy at realeverything.com, and I will help you figure out how to gift whoever it is on your list that you're struggling with. I put together a sustainable gift guide every year, and I am confident I can help you no matter your budget or whoever you're trying to shop for. And don't forget, you can always find options at beautycounter.com slash And don't forget, you can always find safer options for everyone at beautycounter.com slash Toth. Whether you're looking for sustainability or safety, they've got you covered. And it's a great way to support my woman-owned small business. It's interesting to think about the potential that these things have. I heard you say, does these things. I want to temper that a little bit. I know that you are seeing it in your practice with so many patients. And yet at the same time, the hard thing is there is nothing that we can say that shows this one thing does this because it is bio-individual right? Like how it impacts individual animals and humans are different. And at the same time, how one person who biologically grew up in a region and had a genetic history of people eating corn and the corn is an heirloom corn kind of thing is entirely different than someone who grew up in a region who didn't have corn in their area and then has like modern day corn chips, like our biological reaction to those are going to be very different. And when we're looking at how to nourish our pets, we don't have all of that information, like the like all of the research and the science and the things that are being done very limited from a human perspective, because the studies on those, like who's going to fund them, who's going to make money off of saying stop buying corn, like it's just it's harder to find the research to tie these things so directly together. Am I incorrect in thinking that? Is there research that you have that's showing more direct causation or are we seeing more kind of correlation still and making some of these assumptive treatments and seeing results? You're 100% right on. Okay. Like I wrote in, in the second book, if no two snowflakes on the planet are alike. Do you think any dog is exactly the same as the other dog? So, and that's why I get approached by 80 to 100 people a day from around the world to help their animal. And this is one of the downsides of Dr. Google is that what works for one will not work for the other. 
when people ask me for recommendations for their individual dog or cat, blanket-wise, I can't do that because in our practice, we saw each animal, we took blood samples, we gave physical exams. And one of my biggest recommendations to anyone that ever listens to me is if you're really interested in this, and especially if your companion animal is sick, work together with an integrated veterinarian. And there is a website that lists them all across the North America, the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, which is ahvma.org, will list the veterinarians and what their modalities are, city by city, state by state. So that's what, what you have to do. But you are correct in how each one needs to be treated as an individual based on their own metabolic function, based on their own genetic makeup. You hit it right on the head. Good question. Yeah, I I think it's also something I want to remind humans of too, because there are so many people out there giving general wellness advice. And it's every time I shake my head and I'm like, you need to see a medical professional, do your blood work, do whatever. So I love that you're taking that perspective from a veterinary approach as well. And I think one of the other ways that I'm curious about this is as it relates to the rise in chronic health issues for animals. So on the show, as it relates to humans, we talk about all different kinds of lifestyle factors here from fresh air and sunlight to adequate sleep and low stress. And just like humans, our pets are affected by lifestyle as well. And as you mentioned earlier with energies, right? Like if I'm super stressed all the time and I'm aggressive or any of these sort of things, like my dog is going to feel and behave according to that energy and its health is going to be affected by that same stress long term. And so I know we mentioned food. Of course, that plays a factor. But I think there's another factor that I don't often hear about. And I'm curious what you think, especially looking at the statistic that you shared about the rate of cancer in pets increasing 60% since the 70s and the frequently frequency with which we are seeing it. And I know that there's a ton of science to show that there are toxins found in our human environment, our human products, like the lead that was found in toddler trains years ago, the BPA and plastic bottles, right? Like all of these things that we're addressing from a human perspective. And then I look at dog toys and I'm wondering, are we harming our pets with the same kind of plastic toys with heavy metals with all these hormone disrupting chemicals and things that are in the environment that they are picking up on their bare feet when walking around outside, especially in the city or other areas. Am I missing where this is being talked about somewhere? Like, it seems to me like it's a pretty obvious, like, can we get more natural products for our pets? But is there information out there relating to how this is also increasing some of the chronic health issues that our pets are facing? Oh, it, it's definitely out there. Nowhere near to the level it should be. One of my very dear friends, Deanna Cohen, is the creator and founder of the Plastic Pollution Coalition. And she is doing amazing work globally on the toxic effects of plastic to all species and to the planet. And I, Martha Stewart gave me my own show on Sirius for six years, Ask Martha's Vet. 
I had her on three times. She invited her really dear friend, who is a professor at Berkeley University, whose own cat got hyperthyroidism, which is now an epidemic in especially older male cats in the United States. And she did the research because it was her own cat to link flame retardants in furniture and carpets to the creation of hyperthyroidism. And it's been accepted medically right now. Things you'd never even think of. And so it's this kind of stuff that needs to get out there more. But one of the problems it doesn't get out there is is it's being suppressed by the powers to be. The drug companies is a multi, maybe trillion dollar industry. And they don't like alternatives that work so well because there's no money to be made in it. Cancer is a several trillion dollar a year industry on the planet Earth. I hate to think of those things as commodities. And while I hear you, I like to live in a world in which these people care about their bottom line, but don't actively want karma <laughs> to come to humans and animals. So I'm just, I'm going to live in that bubble for a minute. But it's good to know that there is research being done in terms of directly linking these things and Hopefully, as people become more aware of the toxins in their own home, they can think about how it's affecting their pets. I now, when I go to the store, my animals don't like them as much. (laughs) But to be honest, I look for things that are made out of natural materials instead of the the plastic kind of things and the what is the equivalent of like fast fashion to my animals, like the toys that you know, are cheap and that they tear apart quickly. Like I see my animals eating the fluff from those things when they rip them open. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is in that? Like I, I, that cannot possibly be good for anybody. So we're transitioning to not just food, but I think it's important for everybody to think about all the different exposures that our pets have and how it could be harming their health. And that's an easy thing that we can switch and the treats that we give our animals, for example, like instead of the name brand stuff that you might find at the grocery store, like my dogs prefer just dehydrated liver. Like if if I laid all the treats out for them on the floor, like they would beeline to the just dehydrated liver. Um, And so it's, I, and it's like when you go to the dentist and then they give you a lollipop, right? I go to the vet. (laughs) And they, what do they want to give my dogs? I'm like, please don't give my dogs that. They're sensitive to, because my dogs don't eat grains. And so I'm like, they're sensitive to that. Please don't give them that. And I bring my own treats for the vets to give the dogs so that they aren't given these things that cause allergies in my dogs. I have, I have bougie dogs. So they, they do not do well with any sort of grains and their itchy paws and different kinds of things that will happen for them. But, but the real good news is for years I've been criticized. Well, if your cases are so good, how come you haven't published? And first of all, I was a clinician working 15 hours a day, 24-7. I don't have time to publish. Also, I will not take three, nine dogs that come to me with, let's say, limb cancer and put three dogs on my supplements, put three dogs on chemotherapy, and have three dogs on placebos. That's not me. And also, 
because I've been asked to test so many products. I can't take as a clinician a terminally ill animal or a sick animal and just put them on one supplement to see if it works. I put them on what I know, six, seven different supplements. But the good news is I recently went on to the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Foundation on the board, and they are getting grants to subsidize studies, non-invasive studies to show that these things work. And about a week ago, I invited, and she accepted the position, the head of the animal division of the FDA, who is just like us, pure holistic. She inherited the entire works of the guy that wrote the Green Pharmacy. And she studies the microbiome and she's presenting studies to the FDA in the home of dry kibble to dogs. She is now on the board with me. So we're going to rock the cages, but we're going to do it properly through scientifically evidence-based studies showing that what we've been trying to represent for 50 years does work. I'm curious, the supplements that you talk about, one of the things that comes up a lot for us as dog owners, all the things available in the pet store with CBD. And we did a podcast, episode 434, so again, a long time ago. And at that time, there wasn't really a lot of science to show if CBD was as effective or shown to be as effective in dogs as it is in humans, because we have different kinds of receptors to that than animals. And especially in my very anxious terrier, my goodness, this dog, it like literally shakes, right? Like shakes, she barks and she like jumps up off the ground. She has so much anxiety. Like we're trying to find a more natural solution for her. And CBD did not seem to make a difference. And I'm like, was it the dosing? Was it the fact that it was a CBD treat instead of just oil or not put on her skin? Or in the case of like older pets that have inflammation and joint issues, is CBD something that's actually helpful or are there other supplements that you would find to be generally health, like helpful given that things are bio-individual and you're not giving medical advice, but from a science perspective, from the cases that you've seen, do you have examples of things that are generally helpful for these kinds of situations that pet owners commonly face? When I graduated Cornell, there was one supplement in the United States. It was called Pet Tabs. It was a vitamin mineral for dogs and cats. It's still in existence. If you go to some of these big trade shows like Super Zoo in Las Vegas or the Global Show in Orlando, you'll walk for two days and not see all the booths and at least half of them are nutritional supplements. There are a zillion now, and so many do work. I fear the negative aspects of Dr. Google because I've had so many animals come to our practice that were non-responsive, very ill, and the people would come in with a box of 14 different supplements that they read about on Google. And this is where you need to work with a veterinarian. If, if, if and when you watch the documentary, you'll see that it ends with me lecturing at Cornell, my alma mater. And what was really great is three weeks before I went up and lecture, a study came up, out 
on the reduction of pain and inflammation in arthritic dogs using CBD. And you know who did the study? Cornell. So I threw that up there and, and said, my license was threatened in 1978 for treating arthritic dogs with glucosamine sulfate. Do you know how much glucosamine sulfate is sold in veterinary medicine every year? It's probably a half a billion dollars. So I use that as an example, is we're going into this direction. I developed an entire supplement line under Dr. Marty Pets. And what's good about that line is that I based it on my experience treating, no exaggeration, with my associates that I train and be over 50 years, a quarter of a million animals. So one of the supplements I created is called Calm and Serene, and it has the nutraceuticals in it that I very successfully used, GABA, um, valerian extracts, and things like that. So the biggest joy in my life right now, because it was very frustrating for me in the last 15 years of practice, knowing that I can make a huge effect, even to veterinarians, that I was spending an hour to an hour and a half, five, six times a day, trying to educate one person to help their one animal. So if I was lucky working 15 hours a day, I would get to maybe six to eight animals. And knowing I reached the masses, what's going on right now in my life is the testimonials that are coming into me in droves thanking me for the turnaround or how well their dog and cat is doing, we're talking thousands a month right now. And that's the biggest joy is because I took everything that I learned how to do and put it into the highest quality food and supplements. And it spread like wildfire. We're reaching hundreds of thousands every month right now with the fruit and the supplements. And you know what? It's working. They deserve this. This podcast is sponsored by my trusted restorative hair care brand, Vegamore, with a 20% discount so you can get the hair of your dreams for less too. I have been using and loving the results of their clean products for years and can validate their clinically proven results personally as well. They have been tested to improve density, reduce shedding, and 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. Plus, all Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and never contain parabens. If it weren't for the results myself... Visibly thicker, fuller, much longer, faster growing hair without all the harsh ingredients. I wouldn't believe it, but it is so effective. And they have so many different products, even for graying hair. I found the biggest difference with using the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner. Everybody's using shampoo and conditioner, right? It's worth giving it a shot. They have a 90-day money-back guarantee. Um, But I also recommend if you're going to do that, getting the foundation kit, which includes the clarifying serum as well. Science shows that by massaging that into your scalp before you wash your hair, which is also going to remove any buildup if you're using dry shampoo, I 
use some of theirs. Um, it's going to help remove that buildup and increase blood flow for improved scalp health, which is going to help your healthier hair as well. The other thing that I'm loving lately is their newer leave-in conditioner spray. It also is a heat protectant, which has been huge. And I love that it is a safer product because this is not something that I was able to find from any other brand. And sprays are so important to switch to safer because inhalation and consumption, essentially, instead of skin absorption, if it's going into your body through your mouth, has a higher absorption rate of potential toxin and toxic buildup. So the fact that they have this super hydrating, effective product that smells so good and is safer makes me literal jazz hands excited. Friends, give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, Whole View listeners can get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash wholeview. Code wholeview to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash wholeview. Code wholeview. And just a reminder, there's no risk in trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. See what I love over at vegamore.com slash wholeview. You mentioned working with a vet on this is important. Can you remind me again, was that at ahvma.org where people could find a list of, okay, holistically minded veterinarians who might be able to help them with this? Because I know, as I mentioned, my veterinarian is very traditional, did not like that my dogs were on grain-free diet and gives wants to give them traditional kind of over-the-counter treats or whatever, it's what's super close and available to us. But I think that looking into something more holistically minded is a good fit for us as well. And I am also going to check out the Calm and Serene supplement because I'm telling you, that poor dog, we're constantly telling her, we're like, why are you so anxious? Like, it's okay. You know, we're like calming her down. We're telling her it's okay. But I think part of the problem is she was a puppy during the pandemic. And oh, so- yeah. She didn't get proper socialization. People didn't come to the door during that time. And so now those kinds of things really stress her out. And there's only so much we can do to like change how she developed when she was a puppy. Nevertheless, I feel bad for the poor gal. Oh, constantly stressed. There's, oh my, strollers. Let me just, strollers, she thinks are the end of the world. Like in her mind, strollers are going to blow up our house. Anytime I'm, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry for your baby. Like, what? No, I was freaking out. At least she's just a tiny little nugget. But anyway, I have really enjoyed learning so much from you today. I'm curious if there are like other new kind of cutting edge things. I know that's one of the things that you talk about in your book that we haven't talked about. That's interesting or upcoming that we could talk about or share with listeners that you've got your eye on, so to speak. Well, the one that comes to mind is that after 40 years of doing alternative therapies and seeing miraculous turnarounds, I didn't think anything would enter my realm that would change my concept of medicine. And about eight or nine years ago, that happened. And it's a technology 
called pulsed electromagnetic frequency, PEMF. The technology was created by Nikolai Tesla, who was a genius beyond genius. I my my neurodivergence then dressed up as him for Halloween a couple of years ago. Besides treating literally hundreds and hundreds of animals with this device, which is fully backed, science, PubMed, NIH comes out of the NASA space program. I've I've just treated so many friends, so many of my acquaintances, clients have purchased units because it works so well on them. There's no real side effect. It gets energetically, the the body is based on post-electromagnetic frequency fields. And there's a disruption in those fields in the disease state. And what this simply does is it puts that correct back into the body. The the earth vibrates at what's called the Schumann resonance, which is a certain amount of like 6.8 hertz. And the physical body is in balance with the earth. And what we've done is we've insulated the earth. Shoes, rubber shoes, tires, concrete buildings, highways, cars with tires. And that adds to the disruption of the energetic balance between the earth and the physical body. So in the disease state, that'll go haywire and putting PEMF waves back into the body. On a cellular level, it is proven that it stimulates stem cell production, it oxygenates the cells, it reduces inflammation. It's like having four or five slices of cake and eat it too. And it go online and put in any disease you can think of and the initials P-E-M-F, and you'll see some kind of verified science in there. And it's now being accepted Finally, conventional medicine is big in the horse field, big in the horse field. And I've seen miracles. I've treated people that have had chronic pains in one of their joints. And after 10 minutes, the pain is gone. And it doesn't mask. It does it by healing. So PEMF is on the horizon as the medicine of the future. Oh, I'm super interested in this. And I think it aligns probably with this idea of grounding, right? Like I feel like in the last couple of years, there's yep. also been a lot of information about make sure that like your bare feet or your bare hands is touching grass or right. sort of earth in some way. And I love that there has been a way to tap into the benefits of that and to support health and healing from it. That's Absolutely. It's interesting. I'm excited to look more into it. I would love, I always like to leave listeners with something kind of positive and actionable that they can take and be of service to work on themselves. We talked about so many different things, nutrition, supplements, changing your veterinarian, like all these different things. And I'd love to hear what is the one thing that you would suggest to listeners to do to support the well-being of their pet. Like if they were only, if they were going to have one takeaway today and improve the wellness of their animal. I mean, I would love for everyone to watch the documentary because it shows every single conventional veterinarian that watched this documentary at all the festivals I went to came up to me and gave me the thumbs up because it shows the need for true integrative medicine. But the the biggie as far as just physical health is it all starts with food. And my definition of a nutritional supplement, which I think 
every human and every animal should be on is a concentrated food to make up for the deficiencies that we created in the food chain over the decades and especially being passed along genetically. So even if you have a young animal that's healthy on a biologically appropriate diet, there should also be a supplement because they're no longer born healthy. We've degraded the gene pool. So it's nutritional supplements properly done and a biologically appropriate diet, not a scientifically appropriate diet. That's the number one takeaway. Great. Well, I appreciate your time so much today. And listeners, if you want to follow up again, you can go to drmartypets.com and you'll find all that all about Dr. Marty there. As a reminder, his books are The Spirit of Animal Healing, The Nature of Animal Healing, and the documentary he's referring to is called The Dog Doc. And we'll put links in the show notes to all of those for you. And I want to remind you, if you've enjoyed the show today, that leaving a review is an incredible way to thank us, give a little high five to the show and help others find it. You can also head to patreon.com slash the whole view to get all of our shows delivered to your inbox ad free, which is a great way to support the show that we create and produce ourselves. And I want to remind you to follow and subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using as well. Lastly, as always, we appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal change, or in this case, your animal's personal change. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can choose to become better versions of ourselves for ourselves. Thank you so much, Dr. Marty. It was wonderful speaking with you today and um, sharing all of your wisdom. Oh, it was a pleasure. And we just love people like you. This is how the word is going to get out. I, I tried to do it alone. I got so ridiculed and condemned. And it's just, it's this avenue that creates the network with what you're doing, what you know to be true, that is going to get the word out. And it's going to save our kingdom, our favorite kingdom. There's 190 re million registered dogs and cats in the United States that want this. The only way they're going to get this is if that their parents wake up to become educated enough to the truth. Period. Yeah. It, it takes the village for sure. And so yeah, you're sharing, our sharing, listeners sharing with their friends and family, leaving reviews so that other people can find it. That's yeah. It's all part of the way that we support our village. So I, I hear you. I agree with you. And it was wonderful to chat. Anytime. This is my life. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.